This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, June 17, 2022. I'm Mark Polanger. In the report this week, the AFL-CIO in the United States elects its first woman president. The first unionist to lead the International Labor Organization is ending his term. The Labor Start report about union events and rapping. I'll strike back or fight back. It's the AFL-CIO. Y'all better be beware. Because we're fighting a man. God damn, put your hands together. Getting it. Because, oh, united we better. Together we organize it. This is Radio Labor. In a time of rising fascism but union resurgence, the largest labor federation in the United States, the AFL-CIO, has elected Liz Schuller as its first woman president. Ms. Schuller, whose first job was as a union organizer for the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, became the Federation's secretary-treasurer in 2009. She became the Federation's acting president when Richard Trumka died of a heart attack in 2021. In a speech to the delegates attending the AFL-CIO Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia, she promised to build on the momentum generated by recent union activism across the country. And I know we will rise to this occasion because we've proven that day after day. We've lived through the end of a presidential administration that trafficked in attacks on our workplace. But the strength of the membership prevailed. And in the face of an all-out assault on voting rights and a pandemic that changed the way we work and live, our members did what we always do. We got to work. Every day, we woke up and we chose action. We used our collective power to knock on doors and register voters and have workplace conversations, make phone calls, cast our ballots, rising up to defeat the petty politics of hatred and exclusion. We worked to strengthen communities in their darkest days, to support our nation through the pandemic, through a racial justice reckoning, to organize in new places and take on some of the biggest corporations in the world. We used our voices to call out employers who were mistreating us. And I've seen you do that firsthand. The women at John Denaire Desserts in Santa Fe Springs, California, who spent more than 100 days on strike, calling for better pay and working conditions. The workers I met on picket lines at Stop and Shop and Nabisco and John Deere and Warrior Met. Every single one of those workers knew the value of their union and of banding together. And they weren't alone. Momentum behind working people continued to grow, reaching new heights during Striketober, when workers everywhere from John Deere to Kellogg's walked out to demand more from their employers. And that momentum has only kept building. Workers are organizing in new places, in new industries, and in new ways. People are waking up to the power of collective action. They're fed up. They're fired up. And they see unions as the answer. Support for unions hasn't been this high in decades. And working people are taking on giants like Amazon and Starbucks. And we will keep organizing 
until every worker who wants a union has one. We have to capture this momentum and use it to push us forward. Because I know, together, we have the power to build that better future, where everyone is included and no one is left behind. Where we bring women and people of color and young people from the margins to the center. Where we help workers respond to climate change and new technology and build the future of work through the lens of working people. Unions are where change starts in America. When all 12 and a half million of us unite around a common vision and a common goal, there is nothing that can stop us. The first trade unionist to head the international labor organization, Guy Ryder, has been celebrated for his leadership during his last ILO conference. The ILO is the UN specialized agency focused on matters of work in the world. The conference, which ended on Friday, June 10th, heard a number of speakers laud the achievements of Mr. Ryder during his 10-year tenure. One of those speakers was Catherine Pesquier, the head of the workers' group at the ILO. Guy, long ago you led very successfully the international trade union movement through stormy weathers. And let me tell everybody that has not been in a trade union organization that if you can manage the manifold challenges of keeping a global trade union movement together, which is like keeping frogs in a wheelbarrow, as we say in my country, you can lead any organization. The workers were very proud to see you elected to lead this very august house. It shows that all of us, representatives from all sides, can rise to the occasion of serving the public cause as we see also many of our former trade union employer colleagues in government benches. When you were elected, Guy, I'm not sure you were aware of all the, the scale of challenges that was before you. To begin with, as also Renate said, the financial crisis with for workers, enormous unemployment, austerity measures, and public spending on uh, social protection heavily under pressure. Then I have to mention, of course, the 2012 crisis, where the employers group challenged the right to strike in relation to Convention 87, shaking up our supervisory system to its very core. And then in 2015, an agreement, maybe more a truce, allowing the supervisory system to resume its functioning more or less properly, although the conflict is still lingering on and in my view now really needs to be resolved, but that is certainly also for the next Director General a challenge before him. And I should mention, importantly, the start of our work in the standard review mechanism, which had six, six successful meetings, but also challenges within them. At the end of your tenure, you had the pandemic, Ukraine, the war in Ukraine, but not only there. There is many wars raging in the world, geopolitical tensions and the multilateral system under enormous pressure. 
You led the organization with a firm hand through all these storms, navigating the challenges with a strong focus on the tripartite mandate of the ILO for social justice and peace with tenacity, impartiality, and integrity. There were important achievements. The inclusion of decent work and social protection in the UN Sustainable Development Goals. The coming about of the Forced Labour Protocol in 2014, I think very important achievement. Recommendation 204 in 2015, which is about the transition of, uh, from the informal to the formal economy. Recommendation 205, very important now again on peace and resilience. The adoption of a very important convention on violence and harassment in the world of work. And of course, this year we start a discussion on apprenticeships. This is the International Labour Organization. It is not the organization of the workers, but the organization for the workers. You were not the workers' DG, but everybody's DG. Thank you very much, Guy, on behalf of the workers' group in the ILO, but certainly also on behalf of all the workers of the world. Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top story section included links to coverage of the International Domestic Workers Federation statement on International Domestic Worker Day, as well as events organized by unions around the world in solidarity with domestic workers facing sexual and other forms of harassment at work. We also covered a new initiative that should see growing cooperation between unions affected by China's so-called Belt and Road Initiative and this week's national general strike against Tunisia's increasingly authoritarian government and its plan to implement IMF-inspired cuts to social programs. We also carried news of government attacks on journalists in Afghanistan, the impact of mine closures on Polish coal workers, why Belgium will see another general strike next week, and why a Liberian union is this year's Arthur Svensson Prize winner. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found yet another story of women professional sports players, in this case Australia's netball players, taking on the big businesses behind their sport. In other news about women workers, we carried items about a new initiative to track so-called invisible women in global supply chains and the American Federation of Labor's first-ever election of a woman president. A small sample of the stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week includes a number of stories detailing the rise in attacks on retail workers from countries like Canada, Switzerland, Malaysia, and South Africa. We also had coverage of the intense pressure that Welsh workers feel when ill as their employers push them to come to work rather than take a day of sick leave, even when they are entitled to it. We also had reports on a new coroner's investigation into the deaths of two Australian construction workers four years ago, and ongoing celebrations as unions mark the International Labour Organization's recognition of a safe and healthy workplace as a fundamental right for all workers. Our current photo of the week is of one of the many demonstrations held around the world on 8 June to demand an end to the repression of independent trade unions in Belarus. LaborStart hosts online solidarity actions at the requests of unions around the world. This week we'd like to highlight urgent appeals for online solidarity with trade union activists in Belarus, Iran, Kazakhstan, and Pakistan. 
In just a few seconds, you can do your part in these struggles by sending a solidarity message. Look for details of these and other campaigns on our site. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here's the hip-hop group which opened the AFL-CIO convention, Freestyle Love Supreme. We're especially excited to have y'all fired up because we need your words and ideas to do what we do. We're fully improvised. We don't know what's going to happen here either. That means that every sound you're about to hear... Every key about to be struck. There it is. Every word about to be spoken. You've got the fight, the powers that be. And every note about to be sung. Everybody's working for the weekend. It's happening for the first and last time right now. Which is where you, the incredible audience, come in. We're going to be asking for suggestions from you. There's a QR code where you can send in words. Any word that you think of that reminds you of the union or you think about with this incredible work you do, you can text and send us in. Uh, And then we're going to turn that into our little performance to get this day fired up. So for right now, we need a verb. Uh, A verb from you. That's an action word. You know, like run, jump, gesticulate, circumnavigate. Those are verbs. And I'm going to actually come out and get some verbs from y'all. So raise your hand if you've got a verb you want us to use for our mic check. I'm going to see what it's like to actually come out into the audience. Any verb. We will not make anyone else rap. Yes, we have a brave audience volunteer right here. What's your verb? Organize. Love it. Love it. You know, I don't think we've ever done this one before. The word is organize. Yeah, I'm coming in with the surprise. Because Jelly Donut on mic one, I can organize. And uh, uh, I'm coming in and kicking with the rap on the track like the Empire. Yo, I'll strike back or fight back. It's the AFL-CIO. Y'all better be beware. Because we're fighting a man. God damn, put your hands together. Getting it. Because oh, united, we better. Together, we organizing. We can organize together. Reads exactly what we going to do. And that's it, labor news you can use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.